I just have Troy and Abed in the morning stuck in my head. Nice. Troy and Abed in the morning. From WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and today we're talking about the Half-Blood Prince movie. Yeah. I just realized I didn't look anything about this movie. Oh my gosh. This movie came out in 2009. Really? It was directed by David Yates and with music by Nicholas Hooper. That's nice. <laughs> um, Jade, what was your magical moment from the last week? Shoot. I didn't remember you were going to ask me that. Surprise. Hello. Welcome to... I'm just trying to figure my life out. Number five. Oh, a fun one. Um, So I substitute teach now, and I actually got to be a substitute teacher for my old choir director. So that was fun. She was very stoked to see me because she was there for like five minutes and then left. Um... Yeah, it's always interesting not knowing what job you're going to have the next day. But doing jobs like that is really fun. I've subbed for two teachers I had so far. Because a lot of them have left at this point. But the ones who stayed, I'm trying to sub for them. Amazing. Yeah. Also, marching band. (laughs) Always marching. My magical moments are, one, I went to the state fair, and there were pretty lights, and that was a vibe. Yeah. Two, Ben Barnes released his album. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I have not thought this into it since. Pirate Song is a bop. I still haven't listened to it. I will now be forcing Jade to listen to this after this episode. Thank you for your time. (laughs) I will drive to her house and just hold it up against her ear. (laughs) Oh, like that movie with the boombox. John Cusack. Yes, but with Ben Barnes. Yeah. Not whatever crap he was playing. Just kidding, I don't even remember. (laughs) Let's be honest. I watched that movie once and I thought it was super weird. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. That's okay. <laughs> what movie is it? I can't even remember. Like, we about to Google it because we're young. Movie with the boombox. <laughs> if Tyler and Ethan could hear us now. <laughs> I cannot type. Say anything. Say anything. Yeah, I definitely have not seen this. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. I've seen that scene. Yeah. That's all that matters. Speaking of movies, we watched one. (laughs) Yeah, I watched it like two weeks ago because I actually prepared for once. And it's unfortunate for all of us because I may not remember exactly what happened. I watched it yesterday because I did not It's been a long week. It's uh. It's been a time. Indeed. I think I did marching band twice this week. You did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No wonder I can't remember what happened. 
It's all just a blur. <laughs> so this movie starts with Harry Potter confirming that trains are the best. Yeah. And that's all that matters. I was surprised to find out that this movie is PG. I have not been paying attention to any of the ratings for any of these movies. I haven't either. It just popped up and I was like, there's no possible way. I mean, nothing really bad happens. It's just fairly violent. I mean, Draco almost freaking dies. Yeah, but it's Draco. Oh, so that makes it PG (laughs) then. Okay. I wasn't aware. I don't even know where they get the ratings from. All I know know is that if you're going to have more than one F word in a movie, it has to be rated R. That's all I know about those. I think that's all anyone knows. But he even says, like, ah, there's violence and blood and gore, but (laughs) we're going to be PG anyways. Okay. Well, I cannot tell if I like this movie or not. (laughs) It's, yeah, I, I think I did. It's been I think a while, but... I think I did too, but it's not a good book to movie adaptation at all. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of not a bad movie. They just added so much stuff in that I was like, "Why? Why do they got to be like this?" Yeah, the whole. I think the most upsetting part was all the romance stuff. Yeah, the Harry and Jenny kiss makes me die inside. I cannot watch it. I literally had to look away. I was like, this is so bad. So awkward. Mm. On the flip, like, up until that point, the way that they kind of, like, flirt with each other in the movie, that's, like, kind of painfully awkward. It's like, ah, oh, that's kind of cute. Like, they're 15 and 14. How old are they? <laughs> they're children. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they're not going to do romance right. But the kiss, I was like, this is rough. Yeah. And it's just very not book Jenny of her. She's too timid in the movie. But that's okay. But the whole stuff with Harry at the beginning, like, flirting with the waitress, and then, like... That was dumb. I was like, why is this in here? They just wanted to give us a shot at the newspaper, but they could have done that anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, they could have just done the whole, like, spinny thing, and it would have been fine. The only... Salvation was that Harry literally talked about trains, which really ups it on the train scale. (laughs) Not only was there a train in it, but they actively talked about how much they like trains in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. So because of that, it's a 10 stars, 10 pineapples, the best Harry Potter movie ever was. (laughs) Please don't quote me on that. (laughs) That needs to be a tweet. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I literally wrote that the opening notes for the, like, the opening music notes for this movie were pretty cool. Um, not going to lie to you. I was like, oh, it's minor now. (laughs) It was a really cool cold open, just in general. Is that technically a cold open? No. It was a really cool (laughs) opening. (laughs) 
Yeah. I just I the way like, they're like um, zoomed in on the like music and it just kept getting louder and then all of a sudden there's like camera flashes and you're like, Oh yeah, Harry's traumatized. And then yeah. <laughs> it like introduces the title sequence of the movie and then you're back to Harry with a waitress for some reason. Yeah. Being cool. Um do with that information what you will. I noticed at the beginning how dark this movie was. Like, I knew it was dark yeah. because we've talked about this before. But it was all gray tones. Yeah. Which is cool choice. Bit dark. Yeah, literally but... when they're in the cave, it's just black and white. Oh yeah, There's need... no color in that scene. We need to talk about the cave. I have several notes about that. All of them are funny. <laughs> anyway, so what happens? Uh, Harry's at the train station. Dumbledore comes and gets him. In a very Infinity War style, Captain America show up. So basically, Dumbledore is Captain America. Oh, see, that makes Infinity War and Endgame make a lot more sense. If Dumbledore's Captain America? Yeah. You're right. You're a wizard, Cap. (laughs) I don't know what to do with that information now. I said it, but I still don't know what to do with my life. And then we meet Slughorn. And yeah. Harry is so awkward this entire movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just, like, walks into Slughorn's house and he's just kind of standing there. Like, was, what do I do? It was like they forgot to give Daniel Radcliffe instructions. <laughs> they would yeah. just, like, show up and figure it out. And then so he's just, like, standing there. Say your lines. Anything else is up to you. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean... He got paid a lot, so whatever. Yeah. And then we go to the borough. And everybody's yelling at each other. Yeah. That was nice leveling. That was a good time. (laughs) And then we do the little newspaper transition, which I thought was cool. As it, like, zooms in on Draco, and then all of a sudden it's, like... The Narcissa Bellatrix Snape stuff. Yeah. I do think that we didn't talk about this enough in our last episode. The fact that Snape and Wormtail were roommates. I don't think we talked about that enough. That's like the most chaotic roommate pairing ever. I don't think we need to talk about it more. It's weird. It just sounds like a recipe for disaster. I was an RA not a good combination <laughs> those two would be in conflict mediation every single day <laughs> but you can't have two dominating figures like snape you could have two worm tails together but if you tried to have two snapes in one room both of them would be dead that wouldn't be that bad well, we have like a, a Snape and a Wormtail, which just means that Snape just bullies him the whole time. Yeah. 
Which is not I didn't great say either. it was a great situation, but it could be worse. Basically, Snape should live by himself. <laughs> yeah, he needs a room all to himself. What happened next? My brain just went completely blank. <laughs> then they I don't know, go to but um. One of my notes is that Alan Rickman is literally the best, so... Valid. I love that man more than anything. Oh, yeah, notes. He's in two of the best films of all time. (sighs) (laughs) Moving on from Die Hard. Yeah? Then they go to Hogwarts... And they're on the train. Shout out to trains. Yeah. Okay. My note for that is Draco do be looking fine in a suit. (laughs) Movie 6 Draco is peak Draco. I figured as much. Yeah. If we're simping over Draco. You can't get better than that. Yeah. We're simping on Draco over the end. Whoa. I should have stroked. If we're simping on Draco on the internet, it's this Draco specifically, no other Draco. <laughs> exactly. Um, the fact that Luna rescues Harry is so funny to me. I know. She's like, oh, I was just looking for whatever the thing is. And I'm Rack like, spurts. what are you? Why? You're both going to be late. <laughs> Her Luna's dialogue in this movie is the most unhinged. Yeah. She's just constantly saying things that I'm like, did they give you a script or did you just make this up? <laughs> did somebody write this? When they get to the uh around Luna's like, Can I fix your nose for you? I mean it's up to you. Personally I think you look more devil may care this way. I'm like, that's in the movie. <laughs> And then the fact that she just fixes it. Where did Luna learn how to do that? <laughs> I mean, didn't Hermione do that at some point? Or no? Did I just make that up in my head? I don't know. I feel like she should be able to. So, I mean... But if Hermione can do it and Luna can do it, who's a year younger than Harry, why can't Harry do it? Because <laughs> he's dumb. He doesn't pay attention. Harry shows up to Hogwarts for one thing, and that's to not die. He learns defensive and offensive spells. Nothing about fixing things. Can't fix his own glasses. Can't fix his own face. (laughs) He's trying his best. Yeah. I guess. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because most of those other kids can't, like, defend themselves, but... What is Hogwarts? <laughs> Are they okay? <laughs> That's the age-old question. Um, then we get school shenanigans. Like you do. I got the meme! I get it! The one where it's like, oh, it's always you three. Yep. <laughs> I get it! I was waiting for it. I'm not gonna lie to you. How does it feel to understand the meme? I mean, I kind of figured what it was about, but, like, it's nice. 
just her all of her training in, has come to this moment just her inflection and everything <laughs> it's just very nice very satisfying that's why we're doing this so that you can understand memes oh my gosh <laughs> I love how I make myself laugh. I'm so funny. Um, this, all I put was, yes, my favorite character, the map. <laughs> so dumb, honestly. <laughs> Shout out to the map. I feel like map, ugh, the Marauder's map is the second best character after Oliver Wood. Because Oliver Wood gets mentioned in every book, even the ones he's not in. And so does the map. Just constantly gets mentioned. Main character energy that isn't main characters 2021. Oliver Wood <laughs> and the Marauders map. I love them. Um, I really liked Harry and Hermione's relationship in this movie. It was so sweet. Oh my god. Like, very platonic friendship stuff. It was so nice. When she gets mad at him for putting the Felix Felices in Ron's cup, and then Harry's like, oh, you mean like using a confundish charm? The sass on this one. Uh, And the way that they comfort each other whenever Ron and Lavender start dating, and she's like, how does it feel... When you look at Jenny, and he's like, it feels like this. I was like... <laughs> that was the sweetest thing in the whole world. I don't care about any of the romance in this movie, but that was amazing. The fact that the burrow caught on fire makes no sense to me. I don't know why that existed. Yeah, that was actually dumb. I was like, wait, is this real right now? And they're just not gonna put it out? They're just gonna watch it burn? Yeah, they just okay. like... And it's also... Um, in the books, they use the borough as, like, one of the top secret, like, headquarter things. Order headquarters. So, yeah. where did they figure out the, where the borough was located? No I just don't idea. understand what the point of that was for the plot. <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe just, like, they needed an action scene or something. They were like, this is too boring. We gotta add some fire. Yeah. But in that know. scene... They really made it look like Tonks and Lupin were already together. Yeah, that was stupid. Which I was like, that's interesting. Because the movies, like, really hype up the fact that Sirius and Remus have could possibly have some kind of relationship. And then also the movies hype up the fact that Tonks and Remus are dating. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Make up your mind. <laughs> High energy. <laughs> That's what a lot of people are like, yeah, Remus is gay. And I'm like, no, no, he's got some bi energy. Like, both Tonks and Remus, neither one of them is straight. But they like, if we're going to comply to canon at least a little bit, both bi. Yeah. When did Ron and Harry, like, all I put was nighttime chat? That that was a thing, right? I didn't just make that up. I don't remember it. <laughs> That's one of my notes. Yeah. I fully zoned out and then zoned back in at this scene, which was them sitting in bed and Ron is like, why does Dean like my sister? Oh, yeah. And then 
Harry's like listing things about Jenny. And he's like, you know, she's beautiful. And Ron's like, my sister is beautiful. And then Harry's like, you know, she has nice skin. Oh, yeah. There we go. And Ron's like, are you saying that Dan- Dean is dating my sister because of her skin? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's like, I'm just saying it's a contributing factor. <laughs> I hate him so much. And then Ron goes off about Hermione's skin after that. On principle. I suppose. So what is it he sees in her? I don't know. She's smart, funny, attractive. Attractive? You know, she's got nice skin. Skin? saying Dean's dating my sister because of her skin. Well, no, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying it could be a contributing factor. Hermione's got nice skin. And it's just I can't believe that this movie is real. <laughs> I just I feel like that would be an actual conversation between guys. Like I don't have any experience being a guy and having this kind of conversation. But I just imagine it going about like this. I'm just imagining you asking this question to Caleb. <laughs> Your brother. For the listeners. That would go over really well. Please do that. And tell me exactly what he says. Yeah. Do you talk about girls' skin? <laughs> Have you ever talked about somebody's skin to your guy friends before? <laughs> Oh my gosh. What if he said yes? In a romantic way, specifically. <laughs> yeah, not like weird serial killer ways. My gosh. <laughs> okay, so this is where my favorite note comes in. This nighttime chat, right? Yes. All I could think was Ron and Harry in the morning. <laughs> Nights. Talking about skin today. Yeah. Just, what if they did, though? What if they had, like, this fake show, this fake newscast, and it's just them doing their thing, talking about their shenanigans, all the news at Hogwarts, no one's paying attention, but, like, everyone knows it's happening. Like, all the little freshmen, all the little kiddos are all crowded around and Hermione just comes in and is like what are you doing this is so stupid like it's not even real you don't even have microphones there's not a camera I feel like we're missing the important part is is that it wouldn't be Ron and Harry it would be Dean and Seamus oh Neville would be their cameraman for their fake cameras (laughs) and it would be Dean and Seamus (laughs) just in the common it still room, works nobody like they're minor characters anyway so like they don't get any attention and just imagine that this is happening the entire time and it's just not important to harry's plot so it's never mentioned yeah. fred and george have guest starred on it <laughs> luna comes in once a week to talk about herbs and stuff Ginny tries to get into the show and they'll never let her yes. in yes <laughs> I'm here for this. Who's the Jeff Winger, though? Would it be Oliver? Oh my gosh. (laughs) He'd be like, this is so dumb. Stop doing this. 
I don't know. Because, like, Ron and Harry aren't really like that. Oh, no. We don't talk about him in this house. I think about Percy way more than you think I do. (laughs) That's unfortunate for everyone. He's such a good character. He has flaws. He is. He's he's just annoying. Eventually. Gross. Hate that guy. Could not be me. (laughs) I feel like it would be, like, because I imagine them doing it, like, in the Gryffindor common room. So I feel like it would have to be a Gryffindor. And Oliver only cares about Quidditch, so it can't be him. That's why he would think it's dumb, though. Because he'd be like, what are you doing right now? Like, do a newscast over Quidditch, and then they don't, and he gets mad at them. There's a possibility. It's Percy and Oliver on different occasions. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the only thing that Percy and Oliver talk about when they go back to their rooms at night. And I was like, did you see that Dean and Seamus kid again? They're like, ugh, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. When we go on a five minute (laughs) tangent about... Harry Potter community crossover. This is what the world deserves. But think about the paintball scene, like the paintball episodes in Hogwarts. Like, you know Fred and George would be on both sides trying to just get everyone to lose. My favorite part about this is that I can imagine this happening just the entire time. That this is just normal Hogwarts stuff, but Harry just never notices. Someone, okay, listen, to all of you listeners, someone needs to write this fan fiction. If it already exists, please send it to us. Dude, like... (laughs) We will make a bonus episode reading it live. 100%. I love reading books out loud, first of all, but also, like, it's the best thing in the whole world. So email us your fanfiction community crossover recommendations. Thank you very much. Only Harry Potter community crossover. Anything else we want at a later time, please. (laughs) We still want it, just not at this moment. Thank you. (laughs) If you could be looking for good Harry Potter fanfictions for me to read after I finish all this nonsense, that would be great. I already have a list. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't like reading on my computer. This is so unfortunate. I've been collecting... Oh, collecting. I've been reading fanfiction since I've read Harry Potter. Let me restart. I've been reading Harry Potter fanfiction since I first read Harry Potter way back when. Oh, my gosh. I have pretty much anything you could possibly want. I feel that, but with the Percy Jackson ones. Like, Chase Jackson was literally fire. Like, you guys need to find that fan fiction. It was like reading Percy Jackson. It was like reading an actual book. This dude had such incredible writing. I remember that. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> Chase Jackson. But I do remember reading that. Wasn't there, like, four books? Yeah, three or four. This dude was non-stop. Just, like, oh my gosh. 
I have some good Percy Jackson recommendations if anyone wants them. <laughs> Fanfiction writers are unstoppable. Yeah. Like, they just casually, like, I'm reading this one right now, and it's at 119 chapters, and it's not even finished yet. I'm like, where do you find all the time for this? Could not be me. It's kind of amazing. I need to write fan fiction just to get more practice writing. That's what I'm doing. Writing a fan fiction just to prove to myself that I can write a complete book. Yeah. No, that would be great if... <laughs> also, thinking about resurrecting the fanfiction that I never finished from, like, ten years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. Oh, that'd be so unfortunate for everyone. Oh my gosh. I had a <laughs> physical journal that I would take with me everywhere I went. I remember specifically, I had this journal... And my grandparents had to go to the doctor, and I'm, like, sitting in a chair just writing my fan fiction in my physical journal. This purple, raggedy journal. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Middle school me was a hot mess. I remember we went camping one time, and I would remember sitting on this ride. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I talk today? I remember sitting on this rock while we were camping, writing Star Wars self-insert fanfiction in a physical journal in, like, middle school. Dang. That takes me back, man. (laughs) Wow, classic. (laughs) So, we want your fanfiction recommendations. (laughs) If you want fanfiction recommendations from us, hit us up. We have really old ones. I have really old ones. You've got newer ones, I assume. Yes. Some new ones. A lot of really old ones. I still reread. Yeah. There's one I want to reread that was pretty good. So, the movie. (laughs) That was a nice little tangent. Um, (laughs) Love Luna's Lion Hat. It's very nice. Very nice addition. I love Luna so much. <laughs> I love that we actually got Quidditch in this chef. This oh movie. my gosh, finally. It only took us like six books. It's so good, man. I just imagine they have like Homecoming and Oliver comes back for the Quidditch games. How many times can we mention Oliver in one episode? In a book that he's not in. I love to imagine Oliver's life after Hogwarts. (laughs) Playing professional Quidditch, just vibing. He's like those people who do marching band and then go on to drum corps, DCI. And they like... They're still living out their marching band dreams, just in a different way. They're still nerding out hardcore. That's the vibe I yes. get. And then when you, like, so become you- a band director, and then you go and, like, teach at DCI. Yeah. 
That makes so much sense. So, like, one day, Oliver's gonna come back and be, like, a professor just so he can coach Quidditch. (laughs) But he's gotta, like, age out of Quidditch first. Professional Quidditch. Yeah. Gets hit in the head one too many times, and he's like, you know what? I'll go teach at Hogwarts. (laughs) This... I just, I love it so much. I love him more than anything. (laughs) I don't even know what part of the movie we left out on. (laughs) Pretty much there. Great. Uh, Lavender was so annoying. Oh, yeah, but I think that was the point. Yeah, it works, but I was like, please stop. Yeah. (laughs) Curly-haired queen... Cut it out. True. We want to support you and love you, but you need to grow up a little. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I put Harry's smug look, LOL. I think that was when they found out that he didn't put the potion in. And he just had this amazing look on his face. And I was like, nice. (laughs) Nice. Um, I liked Luna's dress. I love that transition of, okay, first off, the, um, she only wants to date you because you are the, because she thinks you're the chosen one. I am the chosen one. Book smack is, like, trending on TikTok, so I love that. But the transition from, I'll invite somebody cool, and then it jumps to Luna, is so cute. Yeah. I love Harry and Luna's relationship. Best friends. So good. Oh, yeah. So we got... Now we're at the fight scene, and I literally just put, wow, random fight scene. This is awkward. (laughs) Bye, bro. The way that Harry just runs out and is like, I will go and fight this. Where were you in the house that you saw this happening, ran down the stairs, and ran out chasing Death Eaters in a room full of competent adults? <laughs> we'll never know. Why is he so dumb? <laughs> Harry, please. Also, Lupin stands there on the front porch, sensing that something bad is going to happen for a very long time before he actually does something. Yeah. Remus, please. We love you, but come on. What happens next? I don't know. I was about to ask you that. (laughs) I have just random notes like OMG Ron and LOL Lavender. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) I have no more notes, so... I think uh, the big, the next major thing is that they come back and then Ron gets poisoned. That's what I thought, but I was like, uh, that seems late. But I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I love that scene. It was hilarious. It panned out very well. The, like, hospital wing yeah. scene? 
I love the way that they fight, and then Dumbledore is just like, ah, young love, to feel the sting again. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Wait>, <laughs> sir, please. <laughs> so good. Dumbledore, I think you are romanticizing life a little bit too hard. <laughs> All these grown adults romanticizing these children. They don't have to work too hard because they're doing it all on their own. I am just imagining which Hogwarts professor do you think would be the most likely to arrange their seating arrangement around couples that they want to get together? Oh. Well, because Dumbledore's not technically a professor. Um. Oh, yeah. When Dumbledore's a professor, he 100% Yeah. Um, Hufflepuff or Gryffindor? Sprout or McGonagall? Or was it Ravenclaw? What are you talking about? What am I talking about? I don't know. You mean Flitwick? Yeah, yes. That's who I would have said too. Because he's all, like, into the arts and stuff. And it just kind of... It works. But I feel like McGonagall would also do it. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if Snape did? (laughs) That's also the second thing. Is that I feel like Snape would Loki do this. In the staff room... Him, McGonagall, and Flitwick are talking about the seating arrangements. And then Flitwick being like, I put so-and-so together with so-and-so. And then McGonagall's like, those two? Absolutely not. And then Snape would, like, Snape- he'd be silent. And then it'd get to, like, this point And he'd be like, honestly, that's stupid. It should have been this person and this person. You're such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is canon. 100%. I love just thinking about Snape's interactions with the other teachers in the staff room. Yeah. Snape goes from yelling at his students to walking in to the staff room to gossip with McGonagall. And that's a vibe. Yes. Like, as soon as he hits that doorway, he's like, guess what I heard? (laughs) You want to hear what my students were whispering about? Guess what that Potter kid did today? You know, Severus, you really need to be patient with him. He isn't that bad of a student. That son of a... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then at some point, we get the scene where Harry goes to get the memory. And we get the iconic pincer scene. Oh, I didn't even write a note for that. I skipped right to the Draco part. That just, that scene is just so funny. Because Harry, no emotion the entire movie. And then all of a sudden he's like tensing, acting like a snake. It's iconic. Daniel Radcliffe is unhinged from this point onward, basically. Yeah. He has not calmed down since. <laughs> He's like, I got one scene to be myself. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then Harry almost kills a guy. 
Yeah. I love this scene right after where all his friends are around him and he's just like freaking out that it had happened. That was my favorite thing. And then we have the kiss that shall not be named. I also find it hilarious that like in the book, they talk about Horcruxes a lot more, and then they go get one, whereas in this movie... But also, I feel like this movie did a better job of explaining the Horcruxes in two sentences than the entire book did. They, like, figure out what it is, and then Harry's like, that's where you've been this whole time? And Dumbledore's like, yeah. And they were like, okay, let's go get one. Well, in the entire book, you're like, where's Dumbledore going? <laughs> the cave scene... I've seen this movie more than once, and that is not how I imagine that cave. Uh, uh, that's how I imagined that is it. Literally, never imagined the cave that way. I just imagined it in brown tones instead of black and white. Yeah, it's like way bigger in the movie than how I imagine it to be. Really? No, I I thought it was about that. I don't know. I thought they did a great job with it. I mean, I think it looked good. I just think it's funny that that's not how I imagine it. And the amount of times that I've seen this movie, and I still don't imagine it that way. Yeah. I liked the music um, just around that time. I don't know exactly when it was, but around the cave scene. Um, Fun fact, when I do homework and I can't focus, I turn on the... (laughs) Harry Potter score. (laughs) Classic. So, like, all these song names are really hilarious. They're like, Potter's Ball and stuff (laughs) like that. And I'm like, what the heck? Um, I have this playlist that is not Harry Potter songs. I don't think. But, like, Harry Potter songs pop up on there sometimes. And I'm like, wow, some of these songs are such a vibe. I don't remember their names right now, but I'll figure it out and get back to you. <laughs> um, also, the cave scene. My favorite thing is when they're getting the ship out of the water, right? Because all I could think was getting the X-Wing out of Dagobah. <laughs> that is all that came to my mind and i was like wow this is literally exactly the same i do the movie does a really good job at showing that dumbledore really cares for harry that i don't think the book does a very good job of yeah in the like way at the beginning when Like, in the beginning when they do the, like, camera flashes, like, way at the beginning, and, like, Dumbledore wraps his arm around him, and, like, at the end when, like, Dumbledore, like, cuts his hand to get in, and then Harry's like, Mm -hmm. I should have done it, and then he's like, no, no, your blood's more valuable than mine, and, like, all this stuff. So I feel like the directors of the movies have done a really good job at showing us that Harry's father figures are his father figures, Mm -hmm. and then showing us how, like, painful that is to lose them over and over and over again yeah no definitely which is like it's a lot harder to translate that through a book because a lot of that is just like 
the way people hold themselves and, like, the way that they interact with Harry. So, good job, movie directors. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have a question, and maybe I just missed this somewhere, but I feel like it could be a really big plot hole if I didn't miss something. So, when they're getting that, like, potion out of the thing with the shell, right? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they have just poured it out? Onto the ground? Uh, I'm gonna say magic. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I imagine that it's something like you have to drink it. If you like, like it'll know if you pour it out and then it'll just refill itself. And so you'll never get to the bottom unless you actually consume it. But they could have at least tried. Because yeah. I feel like if you're watching it, that is the biggest plot hole in the world. They're like, why is he still drinking it? Just pour it out. Why didn't they just pour out the potion? Half blood grits. It says, according to Dumbledore, the potion cannot be penetrated by hand, vanished, parted, scooped up, or siphoned away. It could only be drained away by drinking. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Because as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is dumb. I don't usually see plot holes very often but that one seemed excessive this person say that they would have brought a potted plant and had it drink the potion and honestly genius yeah what the heck if neville had gone lol <laughs> they were like professor spout might kill me but it would work um i think it's interesting i noticed this time watching that scene how protected this horcrux was Mm-hmm. It's kind of a genius idea, and it's hilarious to me that this is the only one that wasn't actually there that somebody else got to beforehand because it is the most protected. Mm-hmm. The like you have to do your blood to get in, and then you have this magical boat, and then you have to drink this potion, and then the potion makes you so thirsty that the only way you can get water is by drinking from the water where all the infernae are. Yeah, and then you have to manage to get out. <laughs> Isn't it in in Fairi? Probably. I was like, wait, isn't that the other one? You know, the dead people. (laughs) The dead people, not the Fire Nation. Yes, yes. (laughs) And so it's like the most protected, most complex thing, the puzzle to undo to get the Horcrux, and it's the only one that somebody got to first. Thanks, R A B. I didn't have many notes after this. I just. I thought it was really interesting how Alan Rickman played Snape as someone who, one, didn't want to make the unbreakable vow. Like, he looked like he did not want to do it at all. And then, as, like, guilty 
that he was killing Dumbledore, that he regretted it, that he knew what he was going to have to do, and he just hated himself for it. Instead of how in the book it's in Harry's point of view and it's like only malicious intent. Yeah, um, I think it's at this point that J.K. Rowling, when they were filling, told Alan Rickman the end of the story, of the end, the full culmination of Snape's character. So he's the only one at this point who knows Snape's full arc. And so I think that's playing a lot into what's happening here. I kind of figured that was happening. I was like, he has to know more of the story than everyone else. Yeah. Which, like, helped, like, because he's very, he's such a good actor. And the way that he does it is so subtle. It's literally just, like, his eyes. That's it. He's so amazing. <laughs> I can't. Um, I liked the way that they revealed who the Half-Blood Prince was. Yeah. In this, the way that Snape just took credit for it and was like, how dare you use my own curses against me. I feel like that was a lot more satisfying than them just finding out later after the fact in the book where they were just like, oh yeah, it's Snape. Yeah, I forgot that that's how it had happened. Because like, there's a lot more emotion in the way that it's played out in the movie where like Harry just watches Snape kill Dumbledore and then Dumbledore's like, by the way, I'm the one who got you an A in potions this semester. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... Pfft you know, mind-blowing stuff. When they all raise their wands, that literally gave me chills. I could not hang. <laughs> the phoenix. Yeah. Oh, and um, what's-his-face's acting when he was like, oh, I could kill you, Dumbledore, and all this stuff. I was like, he's doing a really good job of emulating how the book did it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Draco. Yeah, I... That scene, both in the book and in the movie, I'm just like, it's such a good scene and such a good characterization that it just upsets me that nothing more happens out of that. Yeah. Well, kind of. Nothing concrete happens out of that we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah do you have any other then, thoughts then it ends that's it the end that's it that's the whole series bye <laughs> <laughs> harry potter is over good <laughs> i don't have to read a 700 page book now uh, you should really read it. <laughs> oh my gosh. A lot of things will start to make sense. <laughs> uh, Jade, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for this movie? The audience and critic? Yes. Audience? I'll say... 82... And critic, I'll say 75. I'm going to say critic, 65. Audience, 75. 
This is audience 78, critic 84. Dang, we were both hecka wrong. I'm, I guess I should not be that surprised if the critics like this one more. Yeah. It's a pretty critically cool movie. Yeah. Now, Jade, what do you rank this? Help me. <laughs> um. Let's see. Oh, look who's on the spreadsheet. Ah, <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have put that in. Don't look. That sways my answer. Are you serious? <laughs> This is what happens when you have a shared document. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a 7. I don't think I liked it as much as 5, which I gave an 8. Um, How? Something's not right here. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to give it an 8, which apparently somehow gives it the exact same score as 5. Yeah, I'm looking at this going, that can't be right. Well, okay, so it's your score times 2 plus mine. So it's 14 plus 8 is 22 divided by 3. Divided by 3? I don't know why it's divided by three. Oh, yeah, because it's times two. And then the other one is 16 plus six, which is also 22 divided by three. Huh. So we rate five and six about the same. Yeah. So the best one is movie three with the 77. And then... Because you gave it a 9. It's a good movie, Jade. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you gave it a 7. I That's guess pretty I high did. for you. I gave most of these movies a 7. Besides 1 and 2. Good okay, you're Lord. right. That's pretty average for you. Um, <laughs> and then but movies 5 and 6 have a 73. And then movie 4 has a 70. And then we won't talk about 1 and 2. <laughs> I want to change my answer to seven and a half for six. 7.5. That makes it a 77. <laughs> Tying it with movie three. I think that fits better. Let's see if movie seven, part one and two can trump movie three. I bet it will. I'm a sucker for a good ending. We all know. True. Um, social media? No. Cool. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. We're on Discord. Um, at Curly Critics Pod, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, yeah, 
the Curly Critics also, I don't know why I said it like that. We want to, this year, do a holiday book exchange. So look out for that stuff, information coming to your social media platform feeds this week. If you want to participate and expand your interest, get to know people in the community and their taste in books. That's a thing. Okay, so this week's listener of the week is Joy. She has sent us several emails. Uh, She and her friend Becca have joined our Patreon community and are now part of our Discord. And they are just really awesome. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, The Curly Critics are a proud member of the WB Network. WBNE, <laughs> which has a mother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the Curly Critics are a proud member of the WBNE network, which has other amazing podcasts for you to listen to, such as That's What I'm Talking About, a live Lord of the Rings, not live, Lord of the Rings read through, watch through podcast. Here's a promo. Hi, my name is Mary Clay, and on That's What I'm Talking About, I'm experiencing Lord of the Rings for the very first time. I read the books, and now I'm almost done covering the movies. In a few weeks, I move on to reading The Hobbit, but there will always be a special place in my heart for Faramir. It is Faramir. I love him. In a weird way in which I both want to marry him and adopt him. (laughs) (laughs) He needs somebody to love him. I don't care how or who. He just needs somebody to love him. I volunteer his tribute. (laughs) Faramir, you have shown us your quality, sir. The absolute highest. That's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. Have a magical Monday. Eat more chicken. Ride a train. Thank you. And good night. (laughs) That's fantastic.